Well, good morning. It is good to be with you on this rainy day here in Georgia. The first time I ever heard the Bible being read was actually at a Catholic Mass. My family went to church on Christmas and Easter, so we were really consistent going to church. And I remember sitting in the pew hearing the words spoken by a man, and quite honestly, I was not paying attention at all. I didn't hear what he had to say. My focus was on being good, because if I was good, guess what I was getting after service? I'd get a donut. It's the first time I ever heard the Bible actually spoken out loud. It really wasn't until my junior high days in which I actually heard the Bible being spoken for the first time. I kept getting invited to go to a youth group, and each and every time they'd invite me, I would turn it down. I thought Christians were a little bit odd. They talked about the Bible. I thought the Bible was a little bit interesting and a little bit odd. And they talked about Jesus, and for whatever reason, I felt really uncomfortable talking about those subjects, so I never went. They broke me down. I eventually went to the youth group, and I went to the youth leader's house, and he began to, to talk and speak from the Bible. And I just remember as he started to read from Scripture, there was something going on inside my heart. My mind began to race. I really couldn't explain it. My mind was going a million miles an hour. I had a million questions for him. And I went up to him afterwards, and I said, I, I really liked what you had to say. I'll be back next week. And I kept going back each and every week. And a year later... I came to know Jesus at a camp called Hume Lake Christian Camp. Well, I've discovered that the Christian faith was a little bit difficult to live out, and I, I kind of walked away from it for a little bit of time. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom in college where I came back to the Lord, where He revealed Himself in some really tangible and real ways, and my life began to change. I was reading the Word every single day like crazy. I would wake up in the morning and I would read Scripture. I would go to bed and I'd fall asleep with the Bible right next to me. I mean, I was thoroughly in God's Word. And things began to change in my life. I had this deep sense of illumination from the text and I felt that something was going on inside of me. My life began to change in some really profound ways. Our sacred text, our Bible, is made up of 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. It's been translated in over 690 languages, over 31,000 verses, depending on what version you're reading. It's sold over 100 million copies. And here's my favorite stat about the Bible. It's the most stolen book of all time. I mean, God's Word is getting sent out one theft at a time, my friends. It's going out into the world. And we know it as God's redemptive story to us, God sending His Son for our salvation. There's a lot that the Bible even says about itself. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Isaiah 40, the grass withers, the flowers fall, but, but the word of God, it endures forever. Ephesians 6, 17, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. John 17, 7, sanctify them in truth. Your Word, your Word is truth. Each and every verse pointing to a significant truth about God. So it begs the question, as followers of Jesus, why do we read the Bible? Why do we read our sacred text? And I would say there's three reasons why we read the Bible. To know God, to be changed by God, and to become like God. To know God, to be changed by God, 
and to become like God. And the first point I want to talk about is to know God. And we constantly, constantly need to be reminded not only who God is, but get to know Him, especially in light of 2020, 2021. And by goodness, the news of Betty White, does it get worse than that launching into this year? I mean, I thought she was going to live forever. In order for us to know who God is, we need to go back to the actual very start in Scripture, when the earth was formless and void, and when God actually spoke existence and the universe by His words into existence, and we can't, we can't stop there or pass over that. We need to realize that there's, there's actually something significant happening in this moment when God is speaking the cosmos into creation. You see, God had each one of us in mind when He was doing this. He set the cosmos off with a bang. He placed each star where it's supposed to be. He placed the planets in its right position, in their exact position. And he had us in mind when he did this. And why do I say that? I say that because if our earth was a significant amount closer to the sun, we wouldn't exist. We would be burnt up. If we were that much further away from the moon, our whole tidal system wouldn't, wouldn't inhabit, allow us to inhabit life on this planet. So what type of God creates with such precision, with such creativity? Well, it's a God who deeply loves us. It's a God who deeply cares about us. And we're reminded of this in 1 John when it says, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. And because of his love, and because God is love, because all those things, therefore, God is trustworthy and he's faithful. Can you say that with me? God is trustworthy and he's faithful. And in light of everything that is happening, we need to be reminded that he is trustworthy and faithful. We constantly need to come back to God's word to be reminded of this love he has for us and and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness. Because over the last three years, like most of us, including myself, there have been moments where I have lost complete hope. I'm going, God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this pandemic to keep going further? There's probably moments in your own life where you have felt hopeless, where you may have even lost someone or lost thing over the last three years. In some ways, our post-COVID world has gotten a little bit more confusing, a little bit more difficult at times, and it seems like things are still a bit divisive. And the more we drown ourselves out with the news and with the noise out there, it seems the more we become hopeless. It seemed the more that evil is on the rise, and things are confusing. That's the reality of where we're at right now. But you need to know that is not the God that we read in our Bible. The God of the Bible is a God not of disorder, but he's a God of peace. The God of the Bible isn't out to kill and destroy. The God of the Bible is to give us life and life to the full or life abundant. The God of the Bible actually has a plan for your life, a plan to give you a hope and to give you a future, not to harm you. And we need to be reminded of these truths because we will forget them. We tend to forget things, especially in a world that is chaotic, quickly changing, and then at times feels like it's somewhat falling apart. We read the Bible to know God, a God who is love, and therefore a God who is faithful and trustworthy. But we don't, we don't stop there. Scripture not only helps us to know God better, but it's also meant to change and to shape us. It's meant to expose the deepest parts of us. It's meant to expose our hearts. 
In fact, we know from the author of Hebrews that he does those things within us. As it says, for the Word of God, it's alive, it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It, it penetrates even the dividing soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing, nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered, it's laid bare before the eyes of Him whom we must give an account to. You gotta understand that the Bible is just not a bunch of pages, it's, it's actually alive, it's active in our lives. It has the power when it's read or when it's heard. This is why seventh grade Cody, as he's listening to the Word of God, has his heart just racing, his mind moving, right? Because the, the Word of the Lord, it's actually active and it's powerful. It's spoken word moved my life so much so that my journey, my journey really began and to take off as I actually heard this word, the word of God being spoken. And this is how God interacts with us. We read his word, we're confronted with the ways that we're living that may not match how the Bible desires us to live and we go to him asking him and leading us to speak to us to have our minds open, we're, we're, away, we're aware of the ways that we need to change and we ask God for help in the ways that we just don't know how to change. This is what scripture does, it exposes our hearts. I remember at my previous church I was asked to preach and this is the first time I, I had an opportunity to preach to the congregation. I was given Luke 19, the famous passage about Zacchaeus. And I remember as I began to really dive deep into the text and understand Zacchaeus a little bit, a bit, a little bit better, I realized Zacchaeus was a pretty awful person. This was a man who overtaxed a community and brought deep hardship on families and people, so much so that people probably went to bed not able to eat because they gave all their money to Zacchaeus. I mean, he had such a profound impact on this, congregate, on this community. In my opinion, this guy deserved punishment. He deserved punishment from God. And as I read scripture and I discovered more about Zacchaeus, I was astonished that Jesus actually wanted to go to his house. I thought to myself, Jesus, what are you thinking? This guy is horrible. And what happened in that moment is as I read scripture, my heart began to change. My heart began to expand. What I realized is actually God's love and his grace is way more expansive than I ever thought. Those that I thought in life seemed untouchable, those that, that were far from God's grace, I actually realized they're actually fairly close to God's grace, that they are touchable. See, God's word had actually cut to my heart and I realized, man, there's not one person that God can't reach if he can't reach Zacchaeus. In the same way, God's word, it cuts deep within our hearts, correcting how we view others, how we treat others, and how we respond to a hostile world in terms of how we, how we treat others. It examines our hearts, it exposes where our allegiance and our love lie, and for some of us, it exposes our greed for money, our arrogance, it exposes our pride, it it exposes how we think and treat others in negative ways. It exposes the moments in which we might gossip and tear down others. The ways we covet, the ways we might be jealous of those that have things we don't have, or the ways we might show disdain for others. 
And it might expose the ways in which we're actually not living out this idea of going out and making disciples of all nations. You see, it examines our hearts, and we may not agree with it at times, and it may not always feel good. My friends, this is not just a book with pages. It's actually active. It's alive, and it's meant to change our hearts with the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And it leads us to be changed people. And having our hearts examined places us in actual positions of making a choice and how we respond. We read the Bible to know God, a God who is love, who is faithful and trustworthy. We read the Bible to be changed by God. And lastly, we read the Bible to become more like God. Each and every Christmas, Santa visits our house the day before. He knows our schedule and he knows that after the million Christmas service we put on here at Peachtree, that we fly out on Christmas Day to head back to California to see family and friends. So same thing this year, we are packed, we're ready to go, and as we're opening gifts on Christmas Eve morning, I get a text from Delta. Our flights had been canceled. The kids were disappointed, my wife was disappointed, and I looked at the situation, and I said, hey, we're gonna make the most of it. So we packed up, we headed off to the beach, we went to Florida for the week, we were so excited, and while we were there, there's a couple things that kind of irked me a little bit. When I called, the hotel we were staying at, I said, hey, Christmas got canceled, so we're coming to Florida, and I kind of expected a, I'm so sorry, we're going to make it a great stay for you. And I didn't get that. So that kind, of, that kind of irked me just a little bit. And when we got there to the hotel, the same woman I spoke with on the phone was there at the front desk, and as she's talking with me, I'm asking if we can potentially get an upgrade, and she's, she's, she's not really being too interactive with me. And what's going on is in my heart is not only am I sad, I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated and I'm not getting the attention that I want. And so there was a moment in which I'm ready to just say something rude to her. I'm just ready to fire off. And just before I opened my mouth to say something I knew I'd regret and I knew I'd have to repent of later, I hear this soft whisper in my voice. Cody, love is patient and love is kind. Cody, love is patient and love is kind. And all the frustration, the sadness, it left me. I realized how blessed we were to even be at the beach. I don't think God was so concerned about her hospitality as much as my heart and my attitude. So why do I tell you that story? Because the word of God, it doesn't just cut at the deepest parts of our hearts. It teaches us how we're to live and to act, essentially, how we're to become like him. Second Timothy reminds us that God's word and all the scripture, it's God breathed. It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I was corrected in this moment by the Holy Spirit and by God's word in my heart. God's word just speaking to me, Cody, love, love is patient, Cody. Love is kind. Every part of you, Cody, wants to take your frustration, your sadness out on this poor woman, but that's just not the way of Jesus. This is not how I want you to respond. My word is given to you to remind you how you're to act how are you to be like me? So in this subtle moment, 
Yours truly was rebuked by God's word, thank goodness, with the attitude of my mind, my heart. In that moment, I was corrected. And in that moment, God was still training me in the ways of righteousness. Having our hearts examined leads us to these choices where we get to respond. I could have ignored, ignored that voice, love is patient, love is kind. We can respond when we read the Bible and the scripture or we can choose to ignore it. One choice leads us to a deeper, more transformed life in Christ. That's just how it works. And the other one is a hardened heart and a life unchanged. And there's really three significant things that can prevent us from knowing God, being changed by God, and becoming more like God. And the first is this, we simply don't read this. We leave this on our nightstand, it collects dust, and it's, it's not being used for any type of power that it has, it just, it just sits there. And we don't know God because we don't read about God. We don't know anything about God. And we wonder why the world looks a little bit more chaotic. And part of the reason it looks more chaotic is because we look no different from the world. Because we don't know God. We're not being changed by God. We're not becoming more like God because we're not being influenced by, by reading this. It just sits there to collect dust. You have to read God's Word to know Him, to be changed by Him, to become like Him. And the second is we hinder God's Word from being active in our lives by simply reading it for information. There are a number of Christians I met over the years that could tell you any verse in the Bible. They could tell you any book in the Bible. They could tell you so much about the Bible. But yet when I look at their life, it looks the least transformed. Why? Because they're only reading this for information. They're not responding and they're not being transformed by this. And I'm not saying don't study this and don't, don't read it for information, but you need to respond to the things you're reading in Scripture. And lastly, we simply don't do what it says. James reminds us that don't merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. You've got to do what it says. You've got to do what it says. You've got to go and make disciples. You've got to lead in the area of forgiveness with other people. You've got to reconcile relationships. There's some really difficult things we don't want to do in here, but that's part of following Jesus, is responding to God's word. So how on earth do we do this? My friends, we do it together. This was never meant to be read solely alone. And so I want to encourage you to join us in the Quest Bible study. I invite you into this each and every week. We've already got scripture selections for you to read. We're going to be reading this together. There's going to be podcasts in case you're not the biggest reader and you just want to listen to God's word. Our Sunday sermons are going to reflect what we're actually going to be reading that week to expand your reading in the scriptures. We've got this all laid out for you. So I want to invite you, can we do this together as a body of Christ, so we can look at the impact that God is making in our lives because we're opening His active and His living Word. And in doing so, may we be changed by His Word, living more like Jesus, joining Him on this journey together as a collective community. And my friends, let's see what happens in this new year as we know God better, as we're changed by God, and as we become more like God. Would you pray with me? God, you've given us your word that is active, that is living, that is 
given to us to be utilized for power. And so, Father, I pray for those of us who have left our Bibles stagnant, that have not been active in reading it. Lord, would, you, would your Holy Spirit stir in us and move us closer to reading it, closer to knowing you, so that we are a changed people making an impact in a chaotic world. So, Father, open our hearts, open our minds, and would you lead us to the words we need to read this year so that we might be a powerful community, knowing you, being changed by you, and ultimately becoming more like you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.